Good morning. The reading this morning is from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, picked up his mat and walked. The day in which this took place was a Sabbath. This ends the reading. Please be seated. Thank you, John. Okay, I think it sounds like we're back on. Awesome, wonderful. Well, do you want to get well? Seems like the obvious answer to that question would be yes, of course. Doesn't everyone want to get well? Well, that might be the answer we would expect, but that is not the answer that Jesus gets from the paralytic man. Instead, the invalid replies, Sir, I have no one to help me. Now, there is a lot more to the story than meets the eye, so I do want to walk through this story together and talk about what we know, what we don't know, and what we can learn from these nine verses for our lives today. So if we begin back at verse 1, if you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to follow along. John chapter 5, beginning verse 1. We learn a bit about the when and the where. It reads, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. So what we do know is that Jesus is in Jerusalem, and he is there for one of the Jewish festivals. But we cannot know for certain which one it is. We can assume, however, that it is one of the three major festivals, Passover, Pentecost, or Purim, because all Jewish men were to come to Jerusalem for these feasts. And then if we continue with verses 2 and 3, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Now essentially colonnades are, are simply just a porch supported by a series of columns. So here at the pool near the Sheep Gate, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, period. So let's pause there for just a moment. A couple of things I want to point out to you. First of all, the sheep gate. The sheep gate is where the, pe where the sheep, to be sacrificed, entered the temple area. And I have it marked for you on the screen there, on the picture on the screen. The second thing I want to point out is the name Bethesda. It was the pool of Bethesda. And Bethesda in Hebrew means the house of mercy. So notice the proximity of the sheep gate to the house of mercy. Isn't it quite fitting that this is where Jesus, in the final stretch of his earthly ministry, chooses his next miracle in the house of mercy near the gate of the sacrificial lamb? Now, in the previous verses, we learned the when and the where and even the who. 
But if you have a curious mind like me, you may want to ask the question, why? Why are a great number of disabled people gathered at the pool of Bethesda? Why are they gathered at the house of mercy? Well, we actually don't get that answer in our NIV translations. But some manuscripts contained additional verses which explained the why, and thus some translations, like the King James Version, contains those missing verses. 3b and 4 read this, and they're on the screen. And they waited for the moving of the waters. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. So why are so many people gathered at the pool? Because superstition has led them to believe that once those waters are stirred, then the first in would be healed. Now, some might argue that throughout Scripture, God is healed through much stranger means, but everything I read points to a superstitious people, desperate for healing, paralyzed by life and blinded to the truth with a capital T. Have you been there, my friends? Have you been so desperate for healing, physical, emotional, mental, relational, spiritual healing, that you've parked yourself by a metaphorical pool. That your only hope lies in the one way in which you see you're out. I know I have. One who was there by the pool, verse 5, had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? 38 years is a long time. 38 years is a long time to suffer from a disease or a disability, to be made to feel invalid or worthless, to feel less than a whole human being. But Jesus saw Jesus saw the man lying there, and he went to him. Jesus learned about his condition. Did you notice that? Jesus took the time to learn about his condition. Jesus took a vested interest in this man desperate for healing, and Jesus came to him offering hope. Do you want to get well Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? That's a pretty poignant question that gets right to the heart of the matter. Do you want to get well might be a question one might ask a person like Cameron Fry. Take a look. <clears throat> Fry. Fry. Hello? Cameron, babe, what's happening? Very little. How do you feel? Shredded. Is your mother in the room? 
She's in Decatur. Unfortunately, she's not staying. Where are you? I'm taking the day off. Now get dressed and come on over. You can't, stupid. I'm sick. That's all in your head. Come on over. anything good to do if anybody needs a day off it's Cameron he has a lot of things to sort out before he graduates can't be wound up this tight and go to college his roommate will kill him when Cameron was in Egypt's land let my Cameron go I think that will forever be one of my favorite movies. For those of the younger people in here, that was an answering machine. <laughs> we all know people like Cameron, though, don't we? People who are content in their misery. People who have lost all hope, but they sit by the pool of life paralyzed. They don't know how to move forward or how to live past their identity of helplessness. If they weren't sick or lonely or caught up in a tumultuous relationship, they wouldn't know what to do or even who they were. Why? Because a pattern of hopelessness has developed in their lives. And on some level, misery offers them comfort. After all, it feels good to have people concerned about you and to have their undivided attention. To some, the very idea of being made well runs the real risk of being forgotten. So Jesus asked the question, do you want to get well? See, too often people get stuck by the side of the pool, stuck in their anger or resentment, crippled by their past, caught up in the perpetual sadness and anxiety, or paralyzed by their fears of the unknown. They get stuck in their identity of hopelessness. So stuck that when Jesus reaches out his hand to offer them hope, like the invalid in the story, they don't even know how to respond. Jesus asks, do you want to get well? The paralytic responds, Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. See, one would think with it, that when the Son of Man reaches out his hand and asks if you want to get well, that one would respond with an emphatic yes. But the paralytic responds with an excuse, Sir, I have no one to help me. The paralytic is stuck in his hopelessness. and He couldn't see any other way to his healing. If only I could get in the pool. Jesus, the source, the true source of living water, is standing before him, extending his hand of mercy and offering him healing and hope. 
Friends, that same Jesus stands before us today and asks us that very same question. Do you want to get well? And he is there offering you that same healing and hope. Oh, well, Jesus, I'd like to, but I can't seem to find a job. But I'm stuck in this loveless marriage. But I have to wait till I graduate or move or pay off my debt. Oh, Jesus, I need my sister to apologize first. Then I can forgive and let go of my anger and resentment. Oh, Jesus, that sounds nice, but I'm sort of comfortable in my misery. It's sort of nice not having to take responsibility, risk failing, or admit my own mistakes. It just seems like too much work, and I have no one to help me in the pool. Do you want to get well? seems to me there are three possible answers to this question. Yes, no, or the conditioned response of yes, but. If you answer yes, or even yes, but to this question, then I want you to listen to those words of Jesus. And I want you to get up and pick up your mat and walk. Let God heal your brokenness. Accept the invitation to a relationship with him and grow your faith by getting to know him through scripture, in prayer, and by spending more time with a community of believers who will walk this journey with you, encouraging you along the way. I encourage you to quit blaming others or making excuses and pick up your mat and walk. If your answer is no, maybe you're just not ready, then I want you to know that Jesus loves you. That Jesus wants nothing more than to be in a relationship with you, to offer you healing and to make you whole again. The gift of living water brings hope and life transformation in spite of your current circumstances. I want you to know that you can be transformed in Christ and that you can live a changed life. See, the Holy Spirit and the love of God is that powerful. You have to accept, accept the extended hand of Jesus. Pick up your mat and walk. But I also have a word for those of you who have already said an emphatic yes or maybe even a cautious yes. I want you to keep walking. Keep walking and don't let the living water of Christ become stagnant in your hearts. See, you can come to church and you can pretend that you have it all together and you can let people know that you are faithful with your Bible study and your daily prayer and that you're living a righteous life. But if you don't let people know that you were once lying at the side of the pool, then you have not done the gospel justice. Instead, let them know where you have been and let them know the ways in which God, through Jesus, has worked in your life and how he can make all things new. Be people with the mat on your shoulder 
and humbly acknowledge that Jesus made you who you are today. I've been by the pool, and every once in a while, I have to admit, I go back and visit that pool. I let anger and resentment grow inside of me. I sometimes struggle with the choices of my past. I let discord grow in relationships. I get paralyzed by the stress in life. But then somehow, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, I hear that still, small voice of Jesus asking that question, do you want to get well? Yes, Jesus, I do want to get well. So then I stand up, I brush off my mat, and I walk again. And I let Jesus heal that brokenness inside of me. I ask him to soften my heart and to help me see a different perspective. I pray I'm released from the bondage of guilt and shame. I take that first step to reconcile a challenging relationship where I sit in the quiet presence of our Lord and let his peace wash over me. If you are broken or feeling hopeless, Jesus extends his hand to you and he offers you hope. He wants to heal you and bring you his peace. He wants to deliver you from pain and restore you to wholeness. It just starts by saying yes to the one who went to a cross for you and died for your sins. So today I end by asking you again, do you want to get well? And I encourage you to stand up and walk. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, you are calling us to a place of healing. You ask us that poignant question, do you want to get well? And while some of us answer yes boldly, Lord God, we ask that you continue to walk with those people who say an emphatic yes, that, that they're the love in their hearts, that your love in their hearts, let it never grow stagnant. Lord, for those who are a little bit apprehensive and want to say yes, but, but they just keep hearing those buts, Lord, open the pathway, soften their hearts, lead them down a path of redemption. Lord, for some of those who just can't quite say yes yet, help those people who just are hopeless or feeling helpless at this time. And guide them, Lord. Soften their hearts. Help them find the path to you so that they can be in a place of saying yes. Lord, we thank you for your son who died for our sins. It's in his name we pray. Amen.